Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, my goodness. We have so many friends here. Uh, Natalie Corrado is joining us, my real estate agent and Christian friend who also has a nonprofit. She's cherished, and uh, uh, she is working with women already, trying to help yeah. them when they're in domestic violence situations. So they're already starting to call you, aren't they? You don't have the building yet. Yeah, it's funny that you said that because I was just <laughs> sending a quick text on that. But a couple gals God has already sent, and we don't have the building, so I'm having to turn away a couple people, unfortunately, because it's not built, and that is our greatest need is just to actually have the funds and the expertise to build it. Um, but one gal is amazing, has a brand new baby, just turned eight weeks. I went with her yesterday to her dentist appointment. Um, well, the baby's dentist appointment. The baby has a cleft lip and palate. So uh, this wonderful dentist used to do mission work in Guatemala, and she creates these palettes for these infants. Whoa. It's amazing. That and is cool. uh, it, it was sad, obviously, to see the impressions taking on, taken on an infant. Infants don't love that, but... Um, but the the mom is amazing, and we've become fast friends. And um, I just we've taken her in. Even it was my husband's birthday on Saturday, and we uh, took her on the birthday dinner. And she's just really connected with our family. And so it's just I'm so excited how God's bringing people already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have one other gal. It's not. It's kind of a little bit sketchy. <laughs> so we're going to have a mix. I, yeah. It's a good eye-opener that we're right. going to mix of people. Right, because a lot of women go back for a while, too, yeah. you know, and keep going back. Uh, I know my, my mom did repeatedly. Michelle Ron is back from hey, Florida so and here for the summer. Oh, yes, exciting thanks. to have you. Oh, you're just so, you, you, you just know how to make one feel loved. <laughs> you do, you do. It's oh, good. delightful to be oh, here. We Thank you. you. Thank you. Author and speaker, Donna Hetzler is here. Hi, Donna. Hi. Good to have you. Good to be here. You and Beatrice helped fill in for me last week when my kids had uh, uh, preliminaries. They made state. My son made 10 events for state. Oh, you can only oh do seven. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a three-day swim meet out of town, so that's going to be quite on. Boy, these swim parents, they put in a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 Your kids are doing excellent. Yeah, they're, they're they really, really doing are. well. Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy for them. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk later um, about uh, why I think I did a disservice to my kids by having my mom live with me for so many years because you guys know I was concerned about how oh, yes. she dealt with anger mm-hmm. and now that she's gone I, I'm seeing some of the fallout from her having been in our home uh, you know and it's a m- lot calmer but I'm seeing in the communication style of my kids when I hear them together because you know I'm home with them all summer now. Right. You know, I mean I work so early that I'm up at three four the show, uh, Daybreak USA, and then I, um, you know, am with them, taking them to a lot of events. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. And uh, I want to start, though, with a good news story about a nine-year-old. And I just think this is the coolest thing that uh, he wanted to do and that his mom supported him doing. He wanted to go across the country and bring donuts to cops. Well, you can't really do that, can you? Well, apparently you can over the summer. And then they were buying the donuts themselves, and now people have started pitching in. It's a super sweet story about this nine-year-old boy. Take a listen. In a cape fit for a sweet superhero, nine-year-old Tyler Karach is on a mission to give a special thanks to law enforcement officers. The boy from Florida is hand-delivering boxes of donuts to state troopers and police officers across the country. 
Tyler's latest stop, Stroud Area Regional Police Department in East Stroudsburg, where a special surprise fit for a superhero was waiting for him. Cops are my best friends and they keep us safe and they remind them that people still care. We wanted to find a way of showing them that what they do is really important. We want to also encourage that for other young people. The self-proclaimed donut boy is on a six-week trek up and down the coast. He and his mother left their home in Florida at the end of June. They pay for some of the donuts, others are donated. And if you ask Tyler why he picked donuts, his answer is very sweet. Because that's their favorite snack. He looked right at me and he said, okay, I'm going to thank every cop in America and buy them all the donut. And I was, of course, like, you can do what? And he said, I'm going to thank every cop in America and buy them all a donut. And so I suggested we start local, which we did, and then it kind of had a snowball effect. Tyler started handing out donuts here and there in Florida last year. But on this trip alone, he will hand out more than 10,000 donuts. And his mother estimates by the time they make it back to Florida in August, he will have handed out 22,000 donuts in just one year. Tyler's journey also took him to the Belfast State Police Barracks in Northampton County. It really uh, opens us up when we see a nine-year-old that, that sees the importance of letting us know that we're appreciated. And if you ask Tyler what he wants to be when he grows up, his answer won't surprise you. Do you want to be a cop? Yeah, I want to be a canine. Yeah, how come? Uh, because I get a dog and I get to work. How cute oh, is that? Yeah. We couldn't do it with Dr. Joe because I know he'd be like, why can't they deliver Brussels sprouts? That's right. <laughs> you know. Healthy bag. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. and did you know yeah. that last week was the 100-year anniversary for the donut? Do you know how the donut got its name? I know. I didn't either. This is a this is a good thing for trivia here. You're such a teacher. I know. <laughs> she is. <laughs> because okay, so when when donuts were originally made to get that hole in the middle of the donut, they put a walnut. They put a walnut in there oh. and then baked the donut and then would take the walnut out. Really? Thus, it is called a donut. Oh, I thought I that it. was pretty darn good. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was too. So. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh. I wonder why they even wanted a hole in it in the first place. Oh, good to point. Yeah. yeah. To hold it. To hold it? Yeah. Well, oh. but it was just dough. It was just, yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Donut. But this little kid did a great okay. deal. And I was thinking, bless their hearts, because the cost of donuts mm -hmm. are unbelievable. We were in the mountains last week, and donut one donut was $1.39. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. $1.39. Yeah. So, but think about it. They have to charge. I mean, you oh, yeah. to make some money. So, sure. yeah, it's not like Starbucks still. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, Krispy Kreme was having that buy one doesn't get one for 80 cents last That's Friday. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And my husband never yeah. eats unhealthy, but it was his birthday the next day. And I'm like, well, I might as well go get the deal. Literally, the Krispy Kreme in Lone Tree had cars oh, wrapped around the building two times. No and all the way out onto County Line down Quebec toward 470. Oh, no It was way. insane. And wow. then the line of people out the door were hundreds. So oh, I was like, really? oh, well, yeah. so never mind that idea. Find another dessert for him. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally oh. probably a $5 saving. <laughs> wow. Isn't that? crazy oh, yeah. so yeah. i went to nothing bunt cakes and got a baby i bath. like that so place yeah. yeah i like the bunt shop that's yes. my favorite yes. yeah that's she's a christian too oh wow she has one in castle pines north and there's one in like cherry creek cherry oh. yeah cherry creek village or that cherry whole family's impressive they started the bunt shop and then um her son started drip joy which is the coolest know. coffee thing I've ever seen. It's like really? a prescription. Yeah. It's like a Pam? subscription. Pam's son? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Subscription coffee service. So it's like you can get huh. it at home and they invented their own machine and the whole thing. It's this like the single serve cups where you put it in the little machine really? like a Keurig. 
Yeah, I started this whole thing, and it's delivery, and it's only like 40 bucks a month, and they give you wow. all the coffee you could. It's awesome. Those cakes like, how are, smart are this, that amazing. Whole family. The really bun, impressed. I the bunt shop. I mean, it blows anyone I've ever mm-hmm. had out of the water. It's okay. un- they're Do you know where it is? Well, there's one. Um, uh, it, it's off University, and it's like over there by the um, uh, that pancake house. Oh, and okay. There's a TJ Maxx over Orchard? there. Yes, yeah. yes. Right. Yeah, right over there. And then there's another mm-hmm. one. Um, and that one, by the way, that, that one's close to Trader Joe's. Okay. Yeah. All right. And all then right. Uh, there's one in Castle Pines North, and it's know. next to what used to be the little library over there. There's like four or five there. of them now, though. Are I they think? at the Bunch Shop? Yeah. Wow. And they're family-owned. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I do, too. Yeah, and she's a Christian. Yeah. Pam is. Great. Yeah, really nice. All right. Um, I have another good news story I want to share with you, and I know you're familiar with this one, uh, and many of you here uh, like uh, music. This is Garth Brooks, and it's a little uh, surprise for a fan. Uh, you know, held up a sign, and he took note of it, etc. Here we go. I started out at 12 on stage. A musician from the town of Vera, Oklahoma. Through the years, I've played in several bands. Jonathan Chastain. It's my comfort zone. I mean, when I get behind a microphone, I just I feel at home. came all the way to Oklahoma City to watch the man who inspired him to play. That was my first Garth concert. His wife decided to make this sign. It reads, my husband is a musician because of you. I told her not to because I didn't think they would allow it in. But they did, and Garth noticed. What do you mean because of, because of Garth? What is that? He pulled Jonathan on stage. Come here. He asked me if I wanted to play one of his songs or one of my songs, and I'm thinking, no, I don't want to do one of your songs. I don't want to mess it up. He soloed in front of a sold-out arena. To hear the crowd after I was finished singing was just a dream come true, let alone being up on stage with my idol. And then he got his lifelong dream. A duet with Garth Brooks. Garth told me he loved me. But his night wasn't over that quickly before Jonathan got off stage. He asked me what kind of guitar that I had, and I told him that I had an Epiphone acoustic. He goes, huh. Would it, would it upset you if I told you to take that one? Best thing I've ever played. Most beautiful, crisp tone I've ever heard. It's his signature guitar that he specifically made. That's always been a dream of mine, but I just never thought it would come true. Cool. I love stories like that where you know you, that's something you dream about of being oh. pulled up on stage. And Beatrice has a dream. Go ahead. That's right. Yes, <laughs> tell us. Y'all know my dream <laughs> to sing one song with Loretta Lynn. Which one? That's my girl. Well, you're going to sing it for us? What is it? I always make her. I love it. Yes, I do love yeah. her voice. Wait, which one do you want? Which one? Because there's actually two of them. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I'll, sing, I'll okay. sing the one because this is family radio. Yeah. Well, you know, but she tells a story. She yeah. says, You've been making a brag around town that you've been a loving my man. But the man I love, when he gets to the trash, he puts it in a garbage can. And that's what you looking like to me. And what I see is a pity. You better move your face if you don't want to eat a meal that they call Fist City. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Loretta Lynn always has a story to tell, <laughs> always, and I, I just love I, I love this yeah. story. I mean, thank you, Garth Brooks, for what Brooks for what you did yes. for this young man. That's just awesome, and I'm like, 
is it my turn yet lord is it my turn come on god come on god so i just wow that was good that was really great yeah, that was neat that the, mm -hmm. the guitar the guitar was thrown in there too. Yes. You know, yes. I think it's incredible that a um, famous musician will will do things like that. And it, I, I just read it recently. Billy Joel, mm -hmm. Billy Joel about his front row seats. Mm -hmm. You you heard? No, he never. No. He doesn't sell tickets. Oh gosh, somebody's going to have to yeah. look this up to make okay. sure I'm doing right on this. He doesn't sew the front row seats because he, then when the concert, right before it starts, he brings people back who have the worst seats in the place really? and brings nice. them to the front. Oh, oh I love wow. it. Wow. Well, and I'm going to be there when you uh, yeah. get up on stage with Loretta. Look, I've already got my candle going. <laughs> I'm like ready. Aww. I'm all ready. I got you, girl. Aww. Aww. It's going to happen. It's, it's gonna going happen. to happen. And I know it's yes. going to happen. This is my season, y'all. <laughs> I'm just saying. So y'all get ready to go because I'm taking all of y'all with I me. Want a, right. I want a oh, eight by trip. ten glossy signed and a uh -huh. front row seat. <laughs> I love that. Good. I love that. Okay, one more story. Uh, again, another good news story. Um, and it involves adoption, but unusual circumstances. And it's a follow-up. We've actually done the initial story, but then uh, the dad actually took the daughter back to where she was born. So the, here, here's the story. Mark Haddon and his daughter Gracie couldn't be closer. Gracie and I um, just have a major bond. But how this blonde-haired, blue-eyed cutie came into this proud dad's life is quite remarkable. Their story began in 2011 when Mark, then a firefighter and EMT, responded to a 911 call about a woman with severe abdominal pain. As soon as we got there, uh, we learned that it was, uh, it was a little bit more than abdominal pain. As soon as we got outside, she's, uh, she said that she was pregnant and um, pretty much uh, delivery happened uh, right after that. That's right. Mark helped deliver a baby girl in the back of his ambulance. He couldn't wait to tell his wife, Beth. He sent the text message and said, I just delivered a baby. And I was so excited for him. And I was like, oh, do we get to keep her? Just jo literally joking around at that yeah. point. And he said, well, I don't know. Then while filling out routine paperwork at the hospital, Mark overheard something that would change his life. We overheard the doctor telling the nurses that the baby was going to be put up for adoption. At that moment, I was, I was getting pretty excited. In less than 48 hours, the Haddons, who already had two boys, Will and Parker, went from a family of four to a family of five. I kept looking at Mark and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we are having a baby. Like, we are having a baby. Gracie is now five years old and loves playing with her big brothers. She adds a lot of spirit. She was making jokes and everything like that, and it's fun. And she's quite aware of the unusual circumstances of her birth. I was born in an ambulance. My daddy delivered me. Right here in this very spot is where I held you for the very first time. How cool is that? Pretty cool indeed. So they took her back to the ambulance. It was wow. kind of like the sweet little update. I thought that was such Aww, a cute little story. Oh, that's so cool. And you just never know where mm -hmm. God's going to place you yeah, and where he's going to put you and just change your world. Didn't an Uber person just deliver a baby yesterday? Mm. I think so. I hadn't heard anything. I, don't know. I do know that Disney has a new o Uber, and it's a minivan. Get it? Oh. Mini. <laughs> and I'll bet you that driver has to wear ears. So oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. So here's your hat. So here's the, yeah, right, my mini hat. So here's the, um, here's my little story about, I said, I, I feel like I did a disservice by having my mom at the house for so many years because I wanted to help my mom. And uh, so she's with my aunt now helping her. She had surgery. And so she's across the country. And uh, the house has been so much calmer that 
that it's unbelievable to me. Like my anxiety level just dropped so much by not having to walk on eggshells, um, wondering when I'd have to come in between the kids and my mom because she would get enraged over like, that's the wrong cup or you left your backpack in the front. I told you to put your socks away. If they just listened to me, it was always their fault. If they just listened to me, I'm like, they're kids. I mean, that's half of what they do is not listening. It's like right. their job, <laughs> you know, and that's why we're training them for 18 years. So anyway, um, now that I'm home with them over the su summer, I see how much they yell. Oh, you know, and yeah. she was a real yeller. Not to say that I never yell. I do, too. Mm -hmm. But not like my mom did over, you know, things that are so trivial. Yeah. And so I told them that we're starting a new style of communication, and it's the anti-grand style. <laughs> anti-grand style. I mean, because they know that, you know, she yelled a lot. and But it was kind of rage almost. And so I really, I'm feeling a lot of guilt that I had her in the house because I was trying oh. to do the right thing for her. Have my, you tried the power of whisper, like when they're talking and yelling, and then you just lean in? and you whisper well, Michelle to them. taught me calm breeds <laughs> yes, calm. Yes, it does. Yeah. Calm is contagious. Yeah, calm there is you go. contagious. Uh -huh. yeah. And then they have to like, what is she saying? You know, they have to lean back in yeah, to listen to, to you. Listen. Uh -huh. All right, I'm going to try. Well, I'm, my well. nanny is super loving and sweet and yes. really quiet and calm. So mm -hmm. that's really a plus. Is your mom gone for quite a while? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's indefinite. Like if my aunt okay. will keep her, okay. you know, they, they'll be good so for each other. To me, the guilt is not there, my dear heart, yeah. because you did yeah. the best you could. And the good news is that you are, you're working on it. And the yeah. kids, that's the best part is that they see there's a different way to do it. And you're learning it. You're it, teaching them. It was so interesting yesterday, too, because Riley had a bad day and he had a punishment from his dad, which was, you know, not fun for him. One that, you know, he would remember forever kind of punishment. He had to leave the swim meet um, uh, awards banquet because uh, he was throwing ice in my um, he Someone had thrown it at him and then he retaliated and a piece almost hit one of the moms at the um, pool. And so my husband said he made I uh, was making bad choices and he took him home from the swimming part, the fun part. And when he gets in with all of his swimming friends, and so he had a really bad day. And then the next day, he was talking to me about it. And um, I give um, punishments like, okay, you lost. They want to sleep over in Elitches, and they lost that with me. Mm -hmm. But then they could earn it back. I'm very fair. And so um, he said he couldn't think because his head was like a tornado. He's becoming a teenager, you know, soon. <laughs> and so he said I couldn't think because my head was like a tornado. And he was really upset. And then he said, I do, God's against me. Everyone's against me. And then the girls burst into tears. And they're like, oh, he oh. said that about God. We oh. love God. So something bad's going to happen to him. I said, no. And they were like scared something bad was going to happen right. to him. So I messaged um, Aaron. That's Natalie's husband. And he um, trains uh, Riley at uh, his gym, Sick Athletes. And I said, you know, Riley and, um, and Alex, her son, I said, Riley's having a really bad day. And, you know, and then Al uh, Aaron wrote back, nothing Chick-fil-A can't fix. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah, fist bump. You know? Oh, my but, goodness. Uh, I, I just love it. They're good role models for him. I just love that. Well, I want everybody to be able to get in touch with you. Um, Natalie is my real estate agent, and I have to say that I think one of her gifts is the way that she writes things up so that the contract is in a way that people, that you might get the benefit because of the things she puts in the contract. So in my particular contract, she did some things that the buyers said really w that were enticing to them that made them out of five people pick us over other people. And so um, if you want to get in touch with her, godswayrealestate.com. Correct. Godswayrealestate.com yeah. or 720-288-0101. And then your nonprofit that you're working on building a, uh, a center for women, you know, a, um, a domestic violence shelter. 
Absolutely. And that is she's cherished.org. Um, same phone number. So 720-288-0101. Or you can just go to facebook.com slash she's cherished. All right, Michelle Ron. Michelle at michellearon.com. And Michelle speaks a lot all over the place. Donna Hetzler, author, speaker. JerichoGirls.org. When's overwhelmed the next conference? November 4th. And we're going to have to announce our speakers. Yeah. We've got to get that out there. I know one of the speakers. I know one too. All right. Beatrice. DrillSergeantOfLife.com. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. you. Make a good choice today. Make a good choice. Oh, I told my kids that yesterday. (laughs) The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can show. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Hello, hello, hello. Producer Dave sitting in for Angie Austin today. Um, this is the good news with Angie Austin and friends, and I guess I'm one of the friends now. It feels really good. Uh, anyway, I Angie couldn't make it for this interview. Uh, we're going to be touching base with our old friend Ankit Shukla. Uh, a few months back, we talked to him about his book, How to Live the Better Life, and him and his friend Dan Severn, who was a professional wrestler it was a really exciting interview i don't know if you guys remember that but it was really fun but Ankit had some has some new stuff coming on the horizon and we want to talk to him about where he is with his book and how it's going and and you know how it's improved his life hey how are you doing today Ankit? i'm doing really good dave how are you i'm very well thanks thanks for being back on the show so uh why don't you remind our listeners a little bit about uh what the other book was about and what you know some of the stuff that you that you kind of taught us in the, in your other book 
Oh, absolutely. Um, my last book was called Don't Live the Good Life, Live the Better Life. Um, in essence, the title pretty much said everything. Um, you know, my main premise of the book was never settle for good because good has limitations. Always go for better, which essentially is limitless. Never limit yourself in your life because you can always go for more. You can always improve. You can always go for that next level no matter where you are in life. So that, that was my main essence of my last book, Don't Live the Good Life, Live the Better Life. Yeah, that's awesome, Inky. Yeah, I remember the book was uh, one of my favorite parts was the quotes at the back. Some of them were really good, and I thought they were really inspiring. And you wrote those, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, that, that was actually my favorite part to write. Um, I've always very much enjoyed books of quotes. I just think they provide so much information and inspiration in such a short excerpt that, you know, I've just always enjoyed reading books of quotes, and that's something I definitely wanted to include, not only in this writing, but also any further writing that I do from now on. So I'm really glad you mentioned that, because that was actually my favorite part to write. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the, one of our, I remember we read a bunch of them over uh, in our last segment. Um, but you said mm-hmm. uh, future writing. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's coming in the horizon and what's what's next for you. What's what's the better life for you now? Oh, absolutely. I'm continuing to write on my blog and my website. Um, I've actually done several radio interviews since I've had you. You were actually my first, and I really much appreciated that. But um, as far as future writing, I'm currently writing a book about my travel nursing experience, which I do as a career. And it's basically about, you know, my experience as a traveling nurse, what I learned, the states I visited, what I learned in each state, and just um, a lot of my experiences, the people I met, and what I'm, you know, and kind of bringing to where I am right now. Nice. What do you think you're going to call that? Um, well, the main book, I'm, the main title I've been thinking of is, you know, Going Global, The Life of a Traveling Nurse. Nice. <laughs> Pretty catchy, I think. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, you have to let us know when that gets finished so that we can tell our listeners about that one, too. And why don't you tell us a little bit about some of those experiences you're going to be writing about to give us a little a little uh, preview. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm hoping this book, you know, gets picked up by a traditional publisher. That would be great. But um, just, you know, how I I write about how I became came to be a traveling nurse, what it takes to be a traveling nurse, um, and I talk about each state that I visited, from Colorado to California to New Jersey, Texas. And, you know, some of the things I write about, you know, some of the people I met and what I learned from them. For example, a lot of the elderly clients I've worked with, you know, they taught me a lot about life and how I should live each day to the fullest and not wait because you really don't know what the future holds. So that's a major lesson that I learned along the way. One of the biggest things is people is that when I was younger, I was always thinking, okay, someday I'm going to do this, someday I'm going to do that. And what I learned from a lot of my older clientele that I've worked with is, you know, do it now. You know, if you, you know, figure out a way to do it now, if you want to travel, do it now. If you want to do this, you know, do it now because you really don't know what the future holds and you, you really don't know how long we're going to be on this earth, not to try to get dark, but, <laughs> well, you know, that's, one of the biggest things I've learned from my clientele that I've worked with. Yeah, we talk um, about that a lot on our show about how you need to, you know, find your place and make sure that you are doing the thing that you're being called to do and make sure that you're out there doing it. Don't just talk about doing it. Telling people about writing a book is not the same as writing a book. 
And oh, I mean, it's never too late to start. I mean, that's something that we always talk about. Uh, one of our really good friends here on the show, Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, she wanted to be an author when she was 10 years old, and she didn't become an author until she was 53. Oh, wow. So, and that's something that she always, you know, that's one thing she always says, too, is you don't wait, don't wait for it, don't wait for it. You don't have to wait until you're 53. However, if you are 53 and it's something you've always thought about, do it. Do it now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You still can. And, you know, sometimes I, I have that mindset sometimes, you know, oh, man, I wish I started this when I was younger. I wish I did this 10 years ago. But, you know, you can't go back in time and. You know, if you still if it's still something you're passionate about, then do it. I remember as a kid writing a lot of poetry and always thinking, you know, hey, someday I'm going to be a writer. But really, I didn't focus on that career for I'd say about ten plus years, and then just a few years back, I started getting back into writing. So even though I probably should have started writing a book when I was younger, you know, I started when I did, and really, I have no regrets. Yeah, yeah, I was actually talking about that the other day. We went up. To the mountains, my my aunt, we spread her ashes. She died a couple years back, but we spread her ashes. It was really cathartic, I think, for my mother-in-law especially, just because they were so close, and she's really been holding on to that for a long time. But I was talking about how I wasted my 20s, basically. I didn't go to college until I was 28 years old. I basically, I feel like I wasted them completely. I have nothing to show for my entire 20s. And sometimes I kind of get down on myself about, oh, man, I should have, would have, could have done all these things. I have all these aspirations, all these dreams, all these ideas, and I did nothing for so long. And sometimes I feel like I wasted, but at the same time, I feel like maybe I needed that time to lead me to today to where now I actually can accomplish some of those things because I'm way more motivated because I wasted so much time. Oh, absolutely. And I think even though you didn't go to college during that time, I mean, you probably had so many other things that gave you so much life experience and knowledge that made up for it. (laughs) Sure, sure. Actually, that time did make me, when I did finally go to college, I was better at college just because I had so much life experience more than the other people that were in my classes just because... You know, I was 28 years old. I was going to college with 19-year-olds, so I knew some things that they didn't. And that helped out a lot. Uh, oh, I bet. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Man, but, yeah, I really, I'm really looking forward to this uh, next book coming out. I'm hopefully going to be finishing it in the next couple of months. And, you know, I'm continuing to promote my last book. I've done a lot of author events, actually. I got a chance to do an author event in one of my in my hometown of Reno, Nevada, since I'm so close by um, for right now. And, um, you know, just been doing a lot of other things to promote my first book, and which I hope, you know, helps and inspires millions of people across the world. Right. I know that it inspired me. And it, it was so easy to read. That's one thing I, I, I really latched on to is not that I'm not a good reader, but sometimes I just want something that's easy to read that's going to still stimulate me. And it was fun, and it was easy, and it went by so fast as the pages just kept turning. Oh, absolutely. And that was one of my goals is that, hey, people can pick up my book and, you know, maybe read it in one sitting or two sittings. And, you know, it's only like 78 pages and larger font and everything. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely an easy read, and that was one of my goals when I was writing it. You know, is when someone picks it up, they're not just completely overwhelmed by it. <laughs> sure, sure. And, uh... So um, when you do think about writing, where do these ideas come from? Like, what made you initially think, hey, you know, it'd be really good to tell the story of how I became a 
traveling nurse and some of my adventures that I've been through as a traveling nurse. Where did, where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, um, I think my love of just riding has been around since I was a kid, you know, and, and you know, the more and more formal training I got as I got older, well, I guess mainly through English classes because they're structured how I write, and then just, you know, life experiences and what I've lived through, I just feel that, you know, writing them down kind of gives you a concrete piece of, um, you know, I guess something concrete to show for it and, you know, a, way, a great way to get your ideas and your stories out there. And I just, I just always enjoy writing. And a lot of times when I start writing, I just keep going. And, you know, my first book I wrote in less than a month. Granted, it's not very long, but, you know, once I started writing it, the ideas just flowed. And I just get my ideas from daily living and different experiences. And I just like, and I just think about, hey, what has my experiences taught me and how I, can I use my experiences to help teach and inspire other people. And that's what I like to do both in my writing and also in my professional career. Right, right. And uh, I know this is going to be a little bit more existential, but um, the idea that of writing a book, I'm, I'm also writing a book. Hopefully it'll be done by, by the fall. Um, I, I write fiction, but, um, you know, when I come up with these, people always ask me where I get my ideas. I have no idea where I get my ideas, honestly. <laughs> I just like to come up with these stories. I come up with the idea, and I just roll with it. But, um, You're a creative person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try, yeah. And it, that's something that I really focus on in college, and uh, it's one, one thing that I really love about my job is I get to, it's right in my wheelhouse. I get to use all this, you know, my personality, and I get to use my creativity to make these shows better, you know? And so... Um, but what do you think, like, somebody asked me this the other day about how I'm writing this book, but it's kind of a dying medium. And do you think that people are still going to be reading books in 10, 15, 20 years? And is it worth it to keep writing them? You know, I think so, because one of the things I learned recently is, you know, when you're writing something, ultimately you're writing it for yourself and to get your ideas out there, whether you have a creative mind or just information you want to share, inspiration you want to give to other people. And I think, you know, as long as authors keep writing for themselves and if they gain an audience through it, you know, that's even better. But I, I think there always will be people that have a love of reading. Um, I don't think that'll ever go away. And even though maybe people don't read as much paperback, they do read a lot of websites and ebooks. So I think in a way it's always going to be around. Um, Maybe just not like how how we love it. Like the, I love just sitting there, maybe on the back porch, a nice breeze, just reading a book and really getting into the story. And I feel like that's harder and harder these days. Oh, absolutely! With so much going on, and you know, you know, people not, you know, so many people distracting our attention and everything. So, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Right. I guess that kind of ties back into living the better life, though, and finding those things that give you happiness and finding those things that make you feel whole and just doing them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Dave. <laughs> right on. Well, you got any upcoming events, or is there anything that we should be looking out for for as far as uh, in your world? Um, no current events coming up, just more interviews and, um, you know, continuing to write my book. Um I'm hoping to have, again, have my next book done within the next couple of months, hopefully by end of summer, early fall. And definitely I'll update you when that's done. Um, I'm currently, you know, 
in the process of fixing up my website and fixing up my marketing tools. So I have more definitely online exposure, and I have a lot of people helping me with that now. What was that website again? Um, so the new website is ankitshukla.org. And actually, it has access. And if you go to the blog section, it still has access to my old website, which was the evenbetterlife.com. But yeah, my new website is ankitshukla.org. It has access to my Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, personal email, all that good stuff. So, you know, I'm hoping to improve my online presence and also just my presence in the media in general. So, hopefully, my name will be more and more noticed by a lot of people. Sure, that sure. Would, it's important you know, to be online goal, these days. Oh, absolutely. And my my main goal, like I said, is you know, even just like you, you know, you said you were inspired by my book, and you know that alone was worth writing it, you know, just knowing that somebody read it and, you know, either felt better about themselves, felt better about where they were going or were, were more clear about their goals. You know, that was, that was my main goal. Certainly, I, being a best-selling author, selling a lot of books, that's certainly big for me and would definitely be icing on the cake. But in the end, I just want, I want people to be really inspired by my book. And the more people I inspire and help, the better. You know, it's funny that you said becoming a best-selling author. It's, uh, you know, I'm right. I I'm writing a book too, and it never crossed my mind that I'm going to become a best-selling author. I just kind of want somebody to read it one day. Um, and it's funny because sometimes I feel like uh, I'm writing this for only myself, and nobody's ever going to read it. And I saw this interview with James Patterson. Are you familiar with James Patterson? Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the most prolific American writers of all time. And he still thinks the same thing about himself, and I thought I, I found that very, very fascinating that somebody as successful and well-known and talented as he is, that he would still have those, you know, those uh, thoughts of self-doubt that would keep him from doing anything. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but, you know, and it's, it's reassuring to me almost to see somebody that popular and that famous and that successful still doubting themselves just because I doubt myself so often. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard and it's nice to see that, Hey, you know, all successful people at some point doubted themselves, but somehow overcame it. And I know I go through the same things, but I definitely look forward to reading your book when it's available. Please let me know. And I would love to get a copy. Sure. Yeah. You know, sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I definitely would like to get it get it finished it's it's still taking it it takes a lot of work this kind of thing just because uh i have to make it believable it's funny i i don't know if you know this about publishers but they'll ask you if it's fiction or not because if it's outside of the realm of fiction where people won't believe it it has to be true otherwise people won't believe it i think that's crazy like life is can be anything the you know nonfiction can be anything and outrageous and crazy but the publisher will say unless this didn't happen nobody will believe it if it's fiction Oh, wow. <laughs> so I think that's pretty crazy. That uh, That's how crazy life really is, that it can be. I mean, truly, reality is stranger than fiction. So, Oh, absolutely. It sure is. Yeah, just, uh, look at the news nowadays. <laughs> so we only got about a minute and a half left. Why don't you give us uh, just uh, your favorite story that you might be writing for your next book, maybe something really crazy that happened during your travels? Um, sure. I, I think, well... Um, what kind of what I'm talking about right now is how I met my wife and how we became to be a couple. So that's kind of interesting. Um, writing about that right now, you know, cause I met, we met while I was a traveling nurse and 
you know, it was kind of interesting that, hey, we started dating and I was still traveling around the country and we were really a long distance couple for so long. And, you know, how we came to get together, that's something I'm writing right now. And, you know, just uh, also writing about various adventures I had, like, you know, climbing my first 14er in Colorado, I'm going rafting in Colorado. Uh, nice. You know, just various adventures I had across the country. Awesome. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, keep in touch. It's really great to talk to you again, Ankit. And uh, why don't you give us your website again really quick and then tell remind everybody the name of your old, your older book that they can look for on Amazon. Oh, absolutely. Um, my website is ankitshukla.org. That's my full name, ankitshukla.org. And my book, Don't Live the Good Life, Live the Better Life, is available on Amazon.com or xlibris.com, X-L-I-B-R-I-S.com. Or actually, you can also click and get a copy of it directly from my website. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ankit, and thank you all for listening. And go get a copy of Ankit's book. And uh, keep in touch and let us know when that next book comes out, okay, buddy? Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Dave. Thank you. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about Caitlin. She's seven and she lost her mom to cancer. And we have Adam Katz on the line. And Adam has an idea of how we could help her. For $65, we can sponsor Caitlin for a session of equine therapy. And now Caitlin lost her mom, Adam. And with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation, you help kids like Caitlin. Tell us how it's helping her. She loves the equine therapy. She always comes into the ranch very quiet. But as soon as she sees her horse, she just lights up. And for that hour, she has no care in the world. Such I love a it. Beautiful thing to see. So for just $65, uh, we can sponsor Caitlin for one of these sessions where she gets to ride a horse and uh, work through her loss. Again, at just seven years old, she lost her mom to uh, breast cancer. The Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation helps these kids be kids. Adam Katz is my friend. I highly recommend this charity. And if you'd like to sponsor Caitlin, give Adam a call. 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. And that is DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Angie. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. How would you like to help people of the differently abled community just by donating the things in your house? Yes, I'm talking about ARC. And guess what? You don't even have to take them to ARC. I go there and I shop with a purpose all the time and I buy all kinds of great stuff and it helps people with intellectual and developmental disabilities within our own community. But guess what? They'll come right to your door and pick up your stuff. I have them come about every month or two and I just put everything out of my driveway, put a little note that says ARC on it and they come right to my house and pick it up. And believe me, it makes me feel good to know that I'm helping some of my friends out in the community. So let's tell you how to do this, okay? Call 303-238-JANE. That's 303-238-5263. And they'll come right to your house and they'll pick up all your donations. And don't forget to shop at ARC. It's shopping with a purpose. I get all kinds of stuff for my kids there. Clothes, sporting equipment, boots, gloves, baseballs, bats, basketballs, you name it. Check out ARC. Again, shopping with a purpose and they'll come pick up your items. 303-238-JANE. Hey, it's Angie. Great place for your family to go. I talk about it all the time at YMCA of the Rockies. And we just had a family reunion there. And I've got my cousin Lori, who planned pretty much the whole thing on the line, to talk about how wonderful it was. Hey, Lori. Hey, how are you, Angie? Okay, so you know I'm great. You know I talk about the why, and I'm the one that wanted to go to the why. And did the why uh, live up to your expectations? Absolutely. To have 37 people there 
daily with activities to choose from. We could all go to our different things that we love to do and then meet up for dinner each night and talk about the things we did. It, it was wonderful to have so many choices. Yeah, I thought it was just heaven. Um, so you and your dad, tell everybody what you two did in the mornings. My father and I? Yes. Uh, we, one morning we played disc golf, and that was a kick. We learned how to throw the discs uh, from our cousin Andre, who um, had all his discs with him. Uh, we swam in the morning. And Married you played tennis. Oh, we played tennis yes. every morning. Yes, of her, her dad is the senior Olympic tennis player, so he just returned from the senior Olympics. And then they, you guys taught my little kids how to play tennis. And then one morning we played putt-butt golf, right? Yes, yes. And, 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 and jeeped. One day you went jeeping. And jeeped, and we swam. I had several cousins who were in the water every morning, including your son, who would go down and do laps at the pool. Yeah, it was it was quite an adventure every day. Every day was an adventure. My brother made a uh, a uh, coffee mug at the craft shop, and uh, some of the kids made uh, jewelry boxes. One was mosaic that uh, my nephew Garrett made, and it's in my he made it for me. It's got a little sunrise mosaic jewelry box, and then uh, most of the kids painted theirs. And uh, the disc golf I hadn't done. And my son was so taken with that because he went with uh, you guys one day to do the disc golf. Oh, and some of the um, some of the family went horseback riding and so overall I, I was thrilled we had the big cabin Lori and I did because Lori did all the cooking and uh, I thought the cabin was great because we had everybody come over for dinner and so we had 30 some people in a three-bedroom cabin because we had the deck yep and the storage was outstanding the sleeping arrangements couldn't have been better several of the family had cabins we had uh, two of our families in the lodge room and it was very comfortable very very comfortable well, I think the thing that I like the best about the Y and the reason I chose it for our family reunion this year is that at the YMCA of the Rockies, you pay the price for your lodging. And often I get a lodge room, and a lot of times they're around $100. So you pay the 100 bucks for your room, but then in the lodge rooms you get two free breakfasts, and, and that's what some of our cousins did. And then you get all almost all of your activities for free. So if you head up there with a family and you get that many activities for free, it's just fabulous. It is fabulous, and they're so nice. They organize all the activities, so if you want to go play dodgeball or gaga ball or go down and play basketball, they've got different times set aside where they will have other families showing up, and you've got people to play with. Yeah, and they actually have, like, an organizer that will meet you down there to play gaga ball or kickball, wiffle ball, and then you're right, you play against other families. I thought it was neat when we got so many generations on the tennis court because my kids had never played tennis, and you guys had them, Uncle Ben, you and Uncle Ben, Lori, had them serving and really actually kind of playing within, uh, you know, an hour. With the big park right next to it, we had several cousins go on hikes that were incredible hikes up to beautiful lakes. It, we did, too. We went into the Rocky Mountain yeah. National Park, and we took one with your dad that was at least five miles. At least. And, and, again, the YMCA of the Rockies is so organized and so family-friendly. It is the best place to have a reunion, well, in my opinion. Well, thank you. I love you. I had a blast. You were such a good cook. I'm so glad you were there. <laughs> Luckily, Ted was there to help me. Yeah, my, Ted. my brother's a great cook, too. <laughs> All right, so if you want to uh, check out YMCA of the Rockies, there's a Snow Mountain Ranch location or the one that we went to, uh, which is on uh, Tunnel Road in Estes Park, Colorado, and that's the YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park. 
and that's ymcarockies.org, ymcarockies.org. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.